Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 849. We're looking at Matthew chapter 26, verses 57 to 68. Let's read the passage. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and elders had convened. Peter was following him at a distance right to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and was sitting with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false testimony against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they could not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two who came forward stated, This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said it, Jesus told him. But I tell you, in the future you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? See, now you've heard the blasphemy. What is your decision? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and beat him. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah. Who was it that hit you? This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're in this section now, the final night of Jesus' life. He had gathered with his disciples for the Passover meal. This was the Last Supper. There he predicted Judas's betrayal of him, and he instituted the Lord's Supper. Then as they left the meal, were on their way to the Mount of Olives, he predicted that they would all abandon him, and he predicted that Peter would deny him three times. Then they went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and Jesus went and prayed and asked if it was any way possible for the cup to be removed from him, but not his will, but the Father's will. Then Judas arrived with the mob from the religious leaders, and they arrested Jesus. Peter struck the servant of the high priest with a sword and cut his ear off. Luke tells us that Jesus healed that man, and now we pick it up in verse 57 of chapter 26. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and elders had convened. Well, that's a fairly simple statement, but people have a lot of debate about the details of trying to put all the various accounts of this together. So this mob that arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest. The Gospel of John says they took him to Annas, the high priest. We talked about this earlier. Annas was the high priest, and Caiaphas is his son-in-law. Caiaphas is the current high priest, but Annas is still a power player. Now, if we try to fit all the various accounts together, it seems they initially took him to Annas. Annas interrogated him, then sent him to Caiaphas, his son-in-law. Matthew has a, a much abbreviated discussion of all this. The point is, they took him to the religious leaders, and they found him guilty. But it does say the scribes and the elders had convened. 
So we have these three groups that we generally refer to the Sanhedrin as the chief priests, elders, and scribes. Now, did the entire Sanhedrin, all 71 of them, meet? Probably not. And again, based on the accounts, was there two meetings? Was there one meeting? Were there three meetings? Was it one long protected meeting that people kept arriving to? You only needed 23 members of the 71 to actually have a quorum for a capital case. So they didn't need everybody there. But I suspect people were arriving throughout the night. So they've got the rapidly convened group of religious leaders there, and they bring Jesus. Verse 58, Peter was following him at a distance, right to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and was sitting with the servants to see the outcome. The Gospel of John tells us that John also was following along, but he actually went inside. But Peter stays behind, and this is a subplot going on, because we're going to see next time Peter denying Jesus three times. Peter's following along. Verse 59, the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they could put him to death. Well, Matthew tells us here what their goal is from the get-go. And we've seen this before, this plotting. How are we going to kill him? And so the plot all along has been to kill Jesus. They've got him arrested now. They've got him not in front of the people in the temple courts. And the question now is, what do we accuse him of in order to execute him? And so they're looking for false testimony. Now, it's not like they hung out a sign that said, any liars willing to provide false testimony. They're looking for testimony. I think Matthew's the one that says false testimony. They're willing to believe anything anybody will say because they're so upset with Jesus. And that's a natural thing. Think about someone you like versus someone you dislike. They could both do the same identical thing. And the person you like, you're probably going to cut them some slack. But the person you dislike, that just shows what a reprobate that person is. So they think Jesus is a reprobate. They're willing to believe anything that anybody will say against him. Verse 60, but they could not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. So there were false witnesses who came and said apparently strange things, outlandish things, things that couldn't be corroborated, that even in their hate against Jesus, they said, that just doesn't make sense, or that really doesn't fit together. So the false witnesses are proven to be false. Finally, two came forward, stated, this man said, I can destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Now, did Jesus really say that? Well, nowhere in the New Testament does he say that. He does predict the destruction of the temple. And at one point he does say, if you destroy the temple, I will rebuild it in three days, meaning the three days for his resurrection, that he would be the new temple. So he's basically being misquoted here. Verse 62, the high priest stood up and said to him, Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. 
very easy for Jesus to refute what these guys are saying. That's not what I said. That's not the way I said it. And it's a serious thing to speak against God's temple. And he's on trial here for his life. But remember, he's known all along. He's been saying all along he was coming here to be killed by these people. In verse 63, the high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Notice he didn't challenge him about the whole rebuilding the temple thing. And so, has Jesus specifically said he's the Messiah? Not so many words, at least that we have. Has he specifically said he's the Son of God? Not specifically in so many words. He's referred to God as his Father. But if you put everything together that he's been saying, this really comes out. He is saying he is the Messiah. He is saying he is the Son of God. And they know that. They know what he's been saying. They know what he's been teaching. And they probably have heard a whole lot more than what we've actually read in the Gospels. So they know what he's claiming to be. And they know how he is able to throw questions back on accusers and trip them up. And so here he basically charges him under oath. I demand under oath before God, you tell us the truth. And Jesus says in verse 64, you have said it, Jesus told him. Now this is the same words he used to Judas back in chapter 26, verse 25. And it's the same words with a slightly different verb tense, but the same words essentially with the same meaning that he will use with Pilate later on. And there's debate about the exact meaning. Is he essentially saying yes? Is this some kind of qualified agreement? Or some say he basically is saying what you're saying is true, but the way you're saying it is not right. Or I wouldn't say it that way. Regardless, he's essentially responding with some kind of yes here. Yes, you've said it. What you've said is true. And what is it he said? Are you the Messiah, the Son of God? You've said it, Jesus told him, but I tell you, in the future you'll see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. So Jesus says, well, yeah, you've said that. But here's what I say to you. And then he uses his favorite term for himself, the son of man. He says, in the future, you will see. And the future could be translated from now on. And there's a, a lot of debate here. What's he mean here? Is he talking about the second coming? Is he talking about his resurrection? Is he talking about his ascension to heaven and his enthronement in heaven? Or is he just basically saying from now on, from now into the future? And I think that may be the best way to understand it is basically from now on. You're not going to see me as I stand before you here now, but in capacity as the undisputed king and sovereign judge. And he uses basically words from Psalm 110.1, seated at the right hand of power, and words from Daniel 7.13, coming on the clouds of heaven. And we see three titles here all together. Messiah, Son of God, Son of Man. And Jesus said, that's me. The Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of Man. 
and the right hand of power coming on the clouds of heaven. Now we hear that, we don't necessarily understand exactly what he's saying, but we see the response from these religious leaders. Verse 65, Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? See, now you've heard the blasphemy. To speak against the temple is blasphemy. But here, what was the actual blasphemy? Some definitions of blasphemy said you had to actually utter the name of God. But from a practical application of blasphemy, Jesus is really placing himself in a really special position with respect to God, claiming to be the Son of God and to have the authority of God. And so, from a practical position, if in their view, yes, he's committing blasphemy right there in front of them. They don't need anybody to testify what they've heard. They've all heard it themselves. Verse 66, what is your decision? They answered, he deserves death. Then they spat in his face and beat him. Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Messiah. Who was it that hit you? Mark and Luke said that he was blindfolded. That's the whole thing about hitting him and saying, prophesy who hit you. Uh, the Messiah should have the ability to determine who it is who's hitting him without seeing them, just the, the divine knowledge. And so they're basically abusing him. We say, this is kind of undignified. Well, yeah, it, it definitely is. And that shows the, the contempt they have for Jesus. So it's got two phases to this whole procedure from the Jewish perspective. One is determining, does he deserve death? Yes, they have determined that. But then the, the proceedings are going to continue, and they now have to proceed to phase two, and that is, so what do we actually charge him with? We can't actually kill him ourselves. Only the Roman government can do that. So we've got to go to Pilate, the Roman governor, and convince him that Jesus deserves death. So what's the line we're going to use with Pilate to say Jesus deserves to die? So the high priests have been plotting how to kill Jesus. Judas has conspired with them to betray him, to turn him over. They've now gotten a hold of him. They've got him in their council. They're interrogating him. And now Jesus has dropped all pretenses. There's no longer any clever responses, throwing questions back on the accusers or saying, don't tell anyone. Now he's out publicly. Yes, I am the Messiah. Yes, I am the Son of God. And they've got a choice now. They can either believe him or they can kill him. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.